not a complete mess with my money, but I don't know how to get ahead. Instead of all the make-a-budget cliches, what are some practical and real-world steps I can take to understand money, protect what I've got, and actually move forward? Hi, I'm a financial disaster zone. I've split up with my partner, I've got a young family, and I don't even know where to start with my money. It's overwhelming. Can you help? Sound familiar? Those women could be any one of us, right? Kia ora koutou, I'm Michelle Acourt and this is Power Money Security, which I refer to lovingly in my head as PMS. It's a podcast about women and finances, brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi Women Talk Money, sponsored by Mercer. Over the next five episodes, I'm going to get to the bottom of how women can become more financially secure and why we haven't been. We'll be talking with real people and offering real-world tips. No financial jargon here. Our guests will be experts in their field at equipping women with the tools to get ahead financially. This isn't about high-flying investors and confusing acronyms. This podcast is about making a real difference in the lives of women in Aotearoa by enlightening them on ways to make their hard-earned money stretch as far as it can go. Power Money Security is about giving support to as many women as possible in the most inclusive way and providing real tools to help us all get ahead. You know the saying that every dollar you spend is a vote for the kind of world you want to live in? Well, we want you to have some more votes so we can start building that world. While feminism and capitalism have some opposing principles, like it or not, we're living in a capitalist society. And more money for women translates to more influence, and that's got to be a good thing. In our first episode, Finance 101, The Great Stock Take, we're starting at the ground floor with three simple things you can do in the next seven days to get you started on the right path. Power Money Security is brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi women talk money. Sponsored by Mercer. Okay, so I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a woman who hasn't had a sleepless night due to money stresses. There was that time I was newly separated from my husband. I had a small child and a large mortgage and a relatively new freelance career, which is code for didn't have a job. Sometimes it was about managing money better, but sometimes it was about managing not having money at all. I didn't sleep a lot in the late 1990s. I know that I'm not alone in feeling this stress. Throughout this podcast, we're so lucky to be speaking with amazing women from all walks of life who have real-world experience and advice to impart. We're also very grateful to have our financial fairy godmother, Glennis Wilson, who is head of the financial advice team at Mercer. We're going to check in with her throughout. Glennis is passionate about educating women and helping women get financially sorted. And because of this, she also knows some of these depressing statistics rather well. Let's see what she has to say on the subject. It's a bit grim at the outset. Around 60% of women worry about money every day or they rate their financial literacy as low. And 62% of women don't feel prepared for retirement. These numbers are high, so we've got some work to do. And we know that women at all ages have money worries, whether it's saving for studies or for a house or retirement, or when we're working, have a new job, when we've got kids or we're looking after the wider whanau or running our home. So there are a lot of us not feeling great about money matters. So what are the reasons we're still not getting ahead? Let me introduce you to the trifecta of misery. 
Sounds ominous, yeah? Number one, the gender pay gap. Yuck. Number two, the fact that women are more likely to work part-time, one in five women compared to one in ten men. And three, women take career breaks to have families or care for elderly parents. What does this boil down to? Throughout their lives, women are earning less and therefore putting less into their KiwiSaver or savings and are retiring into poverty at an alarming rate. Just one more piece of bad news before we turn the ship around. Even though women spend less money than men and save more, we're still worse off. Let that last little nugget sink in, because this one comes with a silver lining. Women are actually better with money than men, once we get our hands on it. The barrier here is that the language and the finance or investment institutions are not necessarily set up with women in mind or for women, which has made it feel less accessible for us. Unless you have a business degree under your belt, many women have just never been shown or taught how to get ahead with their personal finances. And many women will prioritise their families over their own financial well-being, not seeing that they are intrinsically connected. Even the language the wider culture uses around women and money undercuts our confidence in this space. Women shop, but men buy. Women are conditioned to think we are spenders and not savers. Lots of this language is left over from the time, not actually that long ago, when single women were required to pay higher deposits on houses than single men, and often needed a man to co-sign a mortgage. And this kind of thing was still happening into the 1980s. What does our expert have to say about this? And even although we know that women make 80% of the buying decisions in the home, men still tend to be the main account holders, even today. Even if you have the best relationship in the world, be empowered to know what's in your accounts. You need to be able to access all of your joint accounts should something happen to your other half. I've spoken with some women who find this challenging for various reasons, but it really is a practical, simple thing to do to gain more financial freedom and confidence. In a couple of episodes, we'll be exploring our relationship with money even further, so that'll definitely be one to listen out for. Overall, women need to take our financial health as seriously as we take the health of ourselves and our family. Think of getting financial help like going to the doctor. You can get a diagnosis for the problem and then get help writing a prescription to cure what ails you. Then you can stick to the prescription. Let's use antibiotics to get your KiwiSaver super healthy. Or maybe look at speeding up your recovery with some alternative therapies. Perhaps a tincture of ethical investing might help the gut health of your bank account, for example. Don't feel that it's all a big mystery. The finance industry has always tended to use jargon that people don't understand. But go and talk to a financial advisor. There is no such thing as a stupid question. Don't be afraid to ask questions that you have. A good place to start might be chatting to your KiwiSaver provider, as most of them have advice teams and they can point you in the right direction. In our second episode, we're going to discuss ways to change our attitude towards money by focusing on KiwiSaver and what it can do for us. And stay tuned for future episodes on smashing debt, investing, money and relationships, and everything else you need in the toolkit to build up your financial well-being. But first, let's get back to basics. 
Throughout this podcast series, we're going to be chatting with insightful guests to get a real understanding of the challenges women face. And we'll keep referring to our in-house financial experts in their field for tips and also to keep reminding us just how important this issue is. The theme for today's show is Finance 101, the great stock take. And it will help put us on the right path with our finances. As well as Glenis, we have other guests along to give their take on things and share their experiences. So let's meet the guests. Anjali Burnett is one half of 27 Names, formed in 2007 with Rachel Easting. Proudly made in New Zealand since its inception, the brand's values lie in a commitment to sustainability, ethical production and supporting local industry. Jane Wrightson has spent 30 years working in media, including New Zealand On Air, the Broadcasting Standards Authority and the Screen Producers Association. Jane has been a trailblazer many times, including becoming New Zealand's first female chief film censor, which came after she'd spent a decade at TVNZ. And now she's been New Zealand's retirement commissioner since early 2020. Jane, can you tell us what your journey with money has been like? A bit peripatetic. I am a single woman um, and I had a child halfway through. So that um, was a magnificent life event and a, and a fiscal shock, as they are. <laughs> <laughs> the, the mistakes I made on the way through were not thinking about risk enough. I was too conservative um, at an early stage. I should be conservative with risk now at my age and stage, but at earlier, I think you need to understand risk and risk tolerance better and spread your money around a little bit to take advantage of some of the risk opportunities. In other words, if I was 20-something, I would not be in the conservative KiwiSaver fund. And how about you, Anjali? What do you think informed your relationship with money? Mainly because of my mum. She was a single mum, an immigrant from India. She came to New Zealand in 1979, and she'd left India. She'd been in London and the hippie scene and stuff, but she was a hustler, my mum, you know, and she bought everything secondhand for us. She was always going to the op shops and she just had this kind of like thriftiness about her because of the situation she'd found herself in that like really has resonated across my life. So here it is. This is the hot take. The key to building your financial freedom and well-being is to start today. So no more doomsday scrolling or wordle for you for the rest of the day. It's time to get out pen and paper or open your notes app, depending on how your brain works best. We've broken it down into three key things you can do right now to develop a better relationship with money and get you on the right path. We're calling this the great stock take, and we're going to take stock of what you've got so that in the coming episodes, we can start working on what you can do with it. Remember, the advice we give on power money security is practical, but general. You should always talk to an appropriately qualified financial advisor before making any major decisions about your own personal finances, but this will inform that talk. So here we are then, three key financial common sense tips for women to use in their everyday lives that you're going to want to know. Tip one, pay yourself first. This is where it starts. This is a fundamental issue for women to make a real difference in their lives. We need to start paying ourselves first. And I like the sound of that, I think. Let's check in with our expert, Glennis Wilson from Mercer. This is the key change most women need to make. It's the most fundamental thing across the board. If we're talking about KiwiSaver, emergency funds or whatever, 
Paying yourself first means putting some money into your KiwiSaver or your savings account before you've put money anywhere else. Most people, and especially women, will pay for the groceries, the kids' school supplies, anything and everything, and there's never any money left over. Women say to me, there isn't enough money, I don't earn enough to save anything. And I will always say to them, you have to set yourself up so that you're in a KiwiSaver account or an investment account, or even a small savings account, and that money has to go into those automatically before you start paying any expenses. The saving practices you start early can make the biggest difference as to what level of financial freedom you'll enjoy for the rest of your life. Even if it's just $10 a week, it's going to make a huge difference over time. That makes so much sense. Are there some tools that can help us with this? How about you, Jane? The easiest place to start is always um, our website at the commission, sorted.org.nz. There's tools and guides and blogs and all sorts of really friendly ways for you to start thinking about your own money behaviour. And in particular, I think I'd point you to a really core principles blog called Six Steps to Get Your Money Sorted. The first thing I would say is paying yourself first is the most brilliant way to start thinking about your own financial capability. It doesn't matter whether you're on a salary, whether you're self-employed, whether you're in the gig economy, whether you're on the minimum wage, unless you're in abject poverty, paying yourself first is a really great principle to start with. And, you know, if there's one thing you could say to somebody joining the workforce for the first time, Make up a percentage of your pay that you're going to put away straight away and not touch from the beginning and keep it. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 10%. If you remember when you first started work, um, the first pay packet's quite good, right? You go, I haven't had this much money before. This is pretty exciting. And then within a few months, you go, I haven't got enough money. Oh, no, no, it's got worse. If you train yourself right from the beginning and train our daughters and our and our women friends in particular to start thinking, pay yourself first, it's the best thing. Anjali. I think it's just knowing what you earn and what you spend. And I know that sounds really simple, but it's like every time my expenses change, like my childcare bills have increased exponentially because I've put my last kid into daycare. Then I go, okay, my money's still the same, but I have this much left, meaning I only have $25 disposable income every week. That means I'm only going to be able to buy lunch twice a week and the rest of the week, I'm going to have to bring leftovers. So like just knowing what you actually have every week. I love that. Tip two, get on top of your debt. This can be confronting. And many of us have never had all our debt together in one place. But this is the great stock take. And we're going to have to face it head on in order to turn the situation around. Glennis, do you have a starting point for this? If you're in debt, making a plan to reduce that down needs to be your top priority. People amass debt, credit card debt, and they only pay off the minimum. And the balance keeps getting bigger and bigger. And they can't figure out why. That's because you're not paying off any of the principal, you're just paying off some of the interest, which is compounding away. We'll talk more about compound interest and how it can also work for you on next week's episode. Glennis. If you've got a lot of debt, you can do a number of things. One of the best ways to consolidate debt is to roll it into your mortgage, if you've got one, because that's the cheapest money you can have. Things like credit cards, high purchase agreements, personal loans, all have very high interest rates so you may be able to consolidate them into your mortgage. If you don't have a mortgage, write down all of your debt and the interest rate, 
rank them in order from highest interest to lowest, and then just start chipping away one at a time. The best way to get rid of debt is to change your attitude and your mindset. And P.S. Avoid all those big debt growers like afterpay schemes, car loans. And I know you don't want to hear it, but the best thing you can do with your credit card is to cut it up. I love these tips, Glennis. Anjali, can you give your advice on debt management and how that can help you plan for the future? With debt management, really doing a cash flow, really knowing what your expenses are, your monthly expenses, what your fixed costs are. I don't really have that mentality of being able to be in debt. It makes me quite anxious. So I just try to manage everything in moderation. So knowing exactly how much I have left available and spending within it. And then if I do have debt, trying to like focus on the one that is gaining, has the most interest and all those tiny little tips. How about you, Jane? Firstly, just to be aware of it. Again, this is a really good tip and it's a trap that we all get into at various points. And in the current kind of media and sales and consumer goods area, you're being told to buy, 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 buy all the time. So it's this is incredibly important. The first thing you need to do is check how much debt you've got. And it is sometimes that's a surprising stock take. You know, making a list of the debt you have can be a bit of a wake-up call. The high interest debt costing you the most is the priority. Consider that very quickly before any of the debt with low or no interest. So, you know, what that means in practice is that student loans, mortgages or other loans that don't charge high interest rates are okay for now. They'll be all right. It's the high interest debt that hurts the most. And that's payday loans, credit cards, store cards and loans like that. Be really careful with buy now, pay later. Again, if you're a organised person, the type that pays off your credit card at the end of the month, it's fine. If you're not that person, you can get into a debt trap really quickly and those are high interest loans. And, and the other little tip I always liked is that if you've got a number of loans to repay and you've done that stock take and you're thinking, oh Lord, it's a bit worse than I thought, then as with any kind of uh, procedure like this, the first message is don't panic and the second thing is start, start organising it. If you've got a number of loans, it works best if you focus on repaying a single one. Keep the rest at the minimum payments. Don't, don't go into um, overboard with them. But, so keep minimum payments on the, uh, the rent range of your debts. Take the highest one and start paying it off hard and use all your extra money to do that. So get rid of them one at a time. And there's a great psychology here of satisfaction and achievement. And that should be a motivation for you to go, right, I've picked off the worst debt. Now I've got my next debt. I'll do that. And I would also say that if you're not in too much trouble, things like sorted and finding financial mentors and financial advisors out there will be helpful to you. If you're in serious trouble, which means you haven't got any money at all and you're sinking, I would always say ring the Money Talks helpline, which is a government-funded service, completely independent, completely confidential, who can give you um, one-on-one assistance to help you where to start because it gets scary at this point when you're in a lot of trouble. And the Money Talks helpline is 0800 345 123. Thanks, Jane. Tip three, know you can ask for help. Overcome any fear or shame you might have about money. As women, we've reclaimed so many other spaces, but this one keeps evading us. Have you got some words of wisdom for women who don't feel confident about finances or a starting point? How about you, Anjali? I feel a lot of shame about what I do for a job because it is such a 
frivolous thing to spend money on and clothes are expensive but they're expensive because we make them in New Zealand and we make them in a considered way where we're trying to use really what we feel like our role is is to give women a reprieve so they can come into the store and they know they're in a safe space where they know the fabric will be sourced ethically they know that it will be made ethically all those things you can just come in and enjoy because as women like we can't just like dismiss the patriarchy and go okay I'm just going to wear a tracksuit now and I'm going to be fine with that and I will feel fine because it's just not really how you can't just expect that everyone will want to do that and if they do that's great for them but so I do feel like my shame is around like I always try to be transparent about the car I drive where I live all these other things because it's like although you know we might be asking $650 for a dress I'm sitting in my Honda Civic next to Rachel's Honda Civic. But that's shame that I have intrinsically always had about wealth and the way it's distributed in New Zealand and how I found myself in a line of work that is definitely controversial. And I like, I would never try to pretend that it didn't exist, but it is something I am embarrassed about. <laughs> Let's check in with our financial fairy godmother, Glennis. The industry I work in has tended to use jargon that people don't understand but go and talk to a financial advice provider. There are people out there who will help you, who will demystify the words. So don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions. It's your money and it's your future. Okay, so in part, it's as simple as you don't ask, you don't get. At the end of the day, financial institutions don't want you to go broke. I can remember from my flatting days having to sometimes ask for an extension on a phone bill or a power bill for the flat, and it was always relatively easy to do, and it's not shameful. The person on the other end of the line has likely helped three other people at least with the same problem already that day. What do you think, Jane? It's a common assumption that women aren't confident with money, and I challenge that a little bit. Because women do face a complex series of challenges. You know, we've got gender gaps across the whole personal finance spectrum. So it's not actually about attitude or confidence. This is some systemic things coming into play here as well, particularly when you're talking about long-term savings and retirement. Because, you know, it's, there's every data point you look at says the same thing. Women earn less. We take more time out of the labour market. We're left worse off than men after relationship breakdowns or other life shocks. And what this means is that we have lower Kiwi saver balances, lower other types of savings, and our retirement balances are lower. So, you know, all the way through our lives, we're kind of on the back foot. So I'd put that systemic comment in, in the context and then talk about individual women to go, oh, you're a bit unconfident with money. Well, yes, some of us are. And that's the role in some ways for industry and government here, you know, because there are big questions for the industry to continue to talk about. It gets discussed a lot, but there isn't much in the way of practical action that I can see other than, you know, individual small campaigns. So we need to ask, for instance, what are the barriers to women seeking sound financial advice? We know that women are less likely to seek financial advice. And if they do, they're generally better off. Angelie. So we started the business when I was about 21, 22. I didn't really have much of an idea about what it really meant, which I think really helped having that complete naivety and just wanting to work really hard at something. And that's how I found myself here 15, 16 years later. I just feel like if you go into the bank and you're asking for money, they're going to be so much more inclined to lend you it if you show that you uh, know what you're talking about and that you know your business inside and out. 
Thank you for that, Anjali. All right, we've got our first few tips under our belts. So that's your homework set. With your great stock take done, you're going to pay yourself first, you're going to lay out your debts, and you're going to start being fearless about finances. These three things are going to be the building blocks so we can move forward in the next episodes and start looking at what we can grow from here with your newfound financial confidence. Now, remember our callers at the start of the episode? We've started some really good prep to help the first caller who was looking to get a grasp on money and take steps to start making it work for her. So if your questions are nice and broad like hers, then you definitely want to stick with us for the rest of the series. The second person had a more specific issue, though, with some more urgency to it. She'd split from her partner, had a young family to support, and was basically overwhelmed. This is a scenario that many of us have either seen friends in or even been in ourselves. So it'll be one that I'm sure we'll all have a lot of empathy for. This is more of a triage situation than the other things we've discussed today. So I went straight to our expert on this one. Here's what Glenis had to say. Unfortunately, this is a common situation. And firstly, let's recognise how stressful this can be and take a moment to be kind to yourself and realise that the sun is still going to rise tomorrow. Give yourself a break. This is going to take time, but it will lead to more financial freedom. So you need to stay focused on that. Firstly, make sure you've set up KiwiSaver and that you talk to your provider to ensure you're in the right investment option for your age and stage of life. Secondly, you're not alone. Get advice. There's support out there for you, whether that means talking to a financial advisor don't forget to check with your KiwiSaver provider. They have in-house teams available to talk for free or go to WINS or a budget advisor. Most importantly, make a plan and take it step at a time. Pay yourself first, identify your debt and plan for your future. Jane, do you agree? It's absolutely true that um, women, many women end up worse than men when they separate and divorce. It's unsettling, it's stressful, highly emotional usually. There's a lot online to help. Uh, and again, go to Sorted, good place to start, and other professionals. I'm sure everybody knows this, but you must talk to a lawyer. And if you think you can't afford a lawyer, go to the community law centres because free legal advice is there. It's really important that women understand their rights and their position in this space. And from a, an individual perspective, the, the first thing you clearly need to do is reorganise your finances without your ex-partner. You know, if they took care of the money, you need to work out how things were organised and see what changes you need to make. You know, you need to set up your bank accounts. You've got to sort out the day-to-days. Uh, you'll have to re-budget, budgeting down to one income. If you don't have a budget, you really should start one now because you'll find that your available cash will probably go down. You really need to check that bills are paid because you, um, you don't want to be lumped with uh, debt from your ex. That happens. If you're not contributing to KiwiSaver, start. KiwiSaver is the single best thing you can do for yourself before you do anything else. It's a brilliant system, and it's not the only way you can and should save, but it should be your cornerstone. And if you've taken time out to look after kids, for instance, which means you haven't been contributing to your KiwiSaver, know that KiwiSaver can be part of a settlement after a relationship breakdown. So it's, it's shared property. So just be very aware of those risks which is why you need a lawyer. Yes. And if and when you enter another relationship, make sure you're equally involved in managing your joint finances. If you didn't get it right the first time, get it right this time. 
you know, if you're getting serious, you know, you're, you're past your, your real first dates and you are getting serious, maybe you're thinking about living together, maybe you're thinking about joining up, um, have a financial first date. Let's do that. Go. We're going to have a financial first date. We're going to get this stuff sorted. And if the new partner gets a bit iffy about that, I say that's a red flag. Taking the time to just stop and do a stock take of our finances is easier said than done. But truly, it takes that first step to start a journey. I think we owe it to ourselves to learn how to change our attitude, drop the fear and move forward with our financial futures, whatever that looks like for us at whatever life stage we're at. Let's get to the bottom of financial security for women. Kakite. have KiwiSaver? Congratulations, you're actually already an investor. But due to our fears or being time poor, most of us are happy to let it tick away in the background. And ask yourself this, do you even know which fund you're in? Did you know that with just a few minutes input, you could be on track to making a lot more money for your future? Next time, we're going to learn to drop the dread, change your attitude to investment, and learn how to take control of KiwiSaver for the future you want. Power Money Security is brought to you by The Table, where Kiwi women talk money. Sponsored by Mercer. See seatatthetable.co.nz for more info and in-depth tools to educate and empower women to get ahead in financial matters. This podcast is sponsored by Mercer New Zealand Limited, Mercer. The podcast is a general information service and does not take account of the investment objectives, financial situation and or particular needs of any person. Before making any investment decision, you should take financial advice as to whether your intended action is appropriate in light of your particular investment needs, objectives and financial circumstances and consider the product disclosure statement for any product you're considering. Neither Mercer nor any related parties accepts any responsibility for any inaccuracy. Past performance is no guarantee or indicator of future performance.